0: Hello everybody. This is Bobby Beast Coast Welcome you to Bobby Beast Coast Sports Talk Northeast Style. Today we're going to be talking about several things, but the first thing I want to start off with is uh, I want to talk about the Boston Red Sox. Now, uh, they started off guns a blazing this year. Came out the came out of the shoot Everybody was doing well, playing as a team. Alex Cora being back was great. Um, I know Alex Cora being back is great for morale, good for the team. We definitely missed him last year. Um, He definitely was uh, a big reason why we were successful uh, before he he had to uh, take a leave there for a year. And we're 63 and 45 right now with the record of 63 and 45. 45, and we have recently become in a slump. We've lost five in a row. Got bashed by Toronto. Tampa Bay kind of made us look foolish. And then Detroit yesterday took care of business. And I know Alex Cora has been saying it's not really the pitching. It's it's the hitting. It's the hitting. And yeah, to some degree, it is a hitting. We're not hitting. Uh, I saw. Watching J.D. Martinez against the Tampa Bay Rays uh, over the weekend, especially on Sunday, and we had the bases loaded, and he just reached for a pitch. He didn't look comfortable at all. And, of course, we didn't win that game, and I thought maybe the day off and then going to Detroit, though Detroit's been, been playing really well as of late, I thought that would help us out, you know, and we could still take two out of three. We have to win tonight, but, you know, We we lost the first game and, you know, the Yankees are starting to win now. They got a little bit more confidence, got some new players in their clubhouse. So they're starting to win. And Tampa Bay won today. Um, It's just a very strong division. Now, as I look up and down the roster and I look up and down the pitching staff and, and, and the offensive side of things, what uh, i see as one of the main issues for the red sox uh is pitching um you you can say all you want that it's not pitching but when you look at it garrett richards who they got this off pass off season uh i thought it was very questionable bringing him in um i know he's one of our number four starters if you want to look at it that way he's six and seven He's got a 5.21 ERA, 5.21 ERA, okay? He's pitched 105 innings, 85 strikeouts, a 1.66 whip. Look, guys, the Boston starting rotation minus Nathan Ovaldi, and he's not a true number one starter, has been an issue. It's been an issue. Erod, who I, I just think is an amazing uh, pitcher and amazing human being for what he went through last year with COVID and the heart issues and to battle through that and to come back this year and pitch, just pitch. I know he's struggling and he hasn't had some good games as of late, but I think maybe this year, after this year, he'll he'll pick it back up and he'll be the same pitcher he once was. But Nathan Ivaldi is the one pitcher who is, to me, something that you would want to hold on to. As number three starter, uh, could be a two starter, could be a two starter, because he's got some good stuff. But Erod this year has just been a disappointing this year, and a disappointment. He, he just, his ERA is, I believe, six. Um, Nick Pavetta, actually surprised me. He's pitched well on occasion. Um, And then you've got Garrett Richards to me, who is just, I don't even know why they keep starting him. I don't get it. Um, I don't understand it. And for the life of me, they keep going back to him and he's going to end up hurting us. He's just, he's just, he gives up a lot. He can't even make it through four innings, right guys? He can't make it through four innings. Uh, The last couple games, he has not made it through four innings. And it's come back to bite us in the ass. And then you've got Martin Perez, who I thought was a good signing. He's your number five pitcher. And another pitcher who has some good games and, you know, then has some lousy games. Uh, But if you're telling me today that... We have to maybe go into the playoffs with uh Nathan Avaldi as your number one, right? And your number two is going to be probably Erod. And look, let's make no bones about it, guys. Uh, we don't know if Chris Sale is going to get uh back to his form. Uh, just because he's coming back, that doesn't mean he's going to be successful. Uh, so if you think he's going to be your second or third uh, uh, pitcher in the playoffs, I would just hold your, uh, I would hold all, all expectations until you, we see what he does. Um, I hope he turns to the Chris Sale of old, who is very dominant, but we can't expect that. That's asking for too much. So, if you're asking me going into the playoffs, do I fear the likes of Nathan Avalde, Eduardo Rodriguez, and possibly Nick Pavetta? No, not at all. Uh, I think that uh, Nick Pavetta is a good pitcher. But when you have those three and you're going against, you know, the Yankees' top three or the Rays' top three pitching. Uh, I do not give us the advantage with pitching, but we got to start hitting again because that is an issue as well. Um, We don't have um, the hitting right now. And if we don't have the hitting, our pitchers are gonna have to try to make it through at least five innings. And that's kind of sad because the pitchers today, they just don't last very long. Uh, Five innings to me is, is nothing. You know, these starting pitchers should be making it through, I don't know, at least six innings of pitching. And look, I'm not a pitcher. I've never been a pitcher. I'm not going to pretend to know everything about it. But uh, I do know back in my day that, uh, you know, it was uh, six innings, sometimes seven. I mean, I know pitchers like David Wells and uh, Roy Holiday. They didn't want to be taken out of the game. Uh, you know, Louis Thion, they do not want to be taken out of the game. So you're looking at Eduardo Rodriguez's numbers. He's seven and six, but his ERA is a 5.60. That's two pitches on your staff. your number two and your number four with over five ERA. I don't, I don't get it. What about Tanner Houck, everybody? Why? Why do we got to keep him down with the Woo Sox? Why do we got to keep him down there for it? Bring him up. Let him pitch. Last year, he was amazing. No one could hit him. And he's had some pretty good stuff and pretty good outings this year. The last outing he had, they didn't let him pitch five innings or he would have got the win. So I don't know why they're protecting him so much. There could be a reason. I don't know. But the bottom line is this. If the Red Sox don't get it together fast because they have a very tough schedule for August and September, they will not make the playoffs. I'm saying it right now. I think if we can go on a run, get our hitting back together, beat these teams like the Clevelands and the Texas, not Texas, but Cleveland, Detroit. You know, we've got Washington coming up at the end of September. Baltimore's we've got to beat those guys and we've had our no you know we've we've owned New York Yankees this year so we've got to continue to beat them but if we don't beat the Rays and we can't finish off Detroit here and we have another couple series with Toronto in Toronto uh we could be in trouble um because I don't think our pitching staff has what it takes to stay with Tampa Bay now that they're in first and with New York on our tail we got to watch out We have to win those games against the Yankees. So next week, we'll talk more about this. We'll see where we're at with the Red Sox come next week. Uh, But my diagnosis, I guess you could say, is the Red Sox are in a little bit of trouble. We've got to do better. I understand last night why he wanted to get Marwin Gonzalez in there to get him some reps. But you can't take out your best hitter so far, or lately, anyways, which is Kiki Hernandez, to have him sit when he when he had a day off on Monday. You we can't do that. Um. You know, you you got to win, and win now, or else you're gonna look be looking in the driver's seat where you're gonna be behind Tampa Bay by three or four games, and Yankees are either tied with us or percentage points ahead of us, and it's not gonna be good enough. It's not going to be good enough. So next week, we'll talk more about the Red Sox, see where we're at, see if we've made any ground, see if we lost ground, see if they bring up any pitchers. Tanner Houck, anybody? Bring a ding-ding? Now I want to veer off the Red Sox and talk about the Celtics just for a little bit. The Celtics were kind of a mess this past season. And I think they've made some moves this offseason that are very questionable. But I understand some, in some ways, I understand why they're doing it. We're cap-strapped. We're money-strapped. We, we, we're trying to get under that threshold so we can, you know, do the right thing. Maybe get some players coming up. But for the Celtics, for the, especially for the last five or six, seven years, it's always been about next year. Oh, next year we're going to be this. And next year we're going to be that. And Kyrie Irving did not pan out for us couldn't stand boston which is a shame for him which is a shame for him um he is a talent he's a great basketball player he's not my favorite person but he as a basketball player he's amazing um it didn't work out with him and gordon hayward where i believe in my heart of hearts we could have traded him to indiana and got miles turner And I don't know why we didn't do it. We should have. We should have. Because what we got back in return, when you think about it, was nothing. We got nothing. You know, Evan Fournier, he he got sick with us. Uh, Never really did much. Uh, His first game was abysmal. And then he goes to the Knicks we made a big mistake by getting rid of terry Rozier. he should have stayed on boston he should have been our point guard for the future because if you look at our team right now as it's built i don't understand what brad stevens is doing he is making this team this year going to be very hard to watch and jalen brown and jason tatum are going to get tired of this trust me when i say this and they're going to leave because You barely made it into the playoffs last year with the team you had. And a lot of those players left. And now you're bringing back, and it just makes me sick to my stomach, Al Horford. I love Big Al. He's a good ball player, but his past is prime. And he gets hurt. That's one of your centers. Robert Williams is your second center, and I love that guy. I think he's great. Time Lord. But he gets hurt a lot. Okay, so both your centers get hurt a lot, and today they signed Enos Cantor. And I just shake my head. The guy doesn't play D. Sure he can get some offensive rebounds and he can score a little bit, but that's desperation, man. Because you wanted to add some you, you want to add some depth to your center position because you really don't have anything. Um, I know they got the kid from Atlanta. We'll see what he can do, but I'm not I'm not impressed you have no point guard for the celtics a starting point guard josh richardson cannot be your starting point guard going into this season sorry no peyton pritchard he's still learning maybe he gets it maybe he picks it up turns it into overdrive but i doubt it okay he's a good bench guy josh richardson's a good bench guy bring him off the bench get some energy that's what we lacked last year We had no bench. And Marcus Smart, don't even get me started. Marcus Smart is a great defensive player. But as far as offense goes, i tell you what, ladies and gentlemen. He shoots when he shouldn't. I know he gets hot at times. But when it comes down to crunch time and we need a basket, it should not be going to Marcus Smart, who has thrown up more bricks than I can imagine. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, get it to them. That's what they're there for, to get that big shot at the end. And you look at the bench, and it's and it's a disaster. So you're telling me, Al Horford, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, and whoever else you want to put in there, that's your starting five. And then what's your bench? Robert Williams, possibly. Grant Williams? I mean... They should just get rid of him, Josh Richardson, Enos Cantor. I mean, guys, I'm telling you, we're not going into the top eight. Maybe 10th seed, maybe 11th seed. This team is not good. Not good, period. Remember, we barely made the play-in games this time around. If it wasn't for 50 points by Jason Tatum, we would have got swept by Brooklyn. It it frightens me to see what's going to happen to this team. Because I think we're stuck in a rut for many, many years to come. Um, As much as I love Danny Ainge and the the fact that he he is a Celtic. He won us championships. As a player, he got us the championship in 2008. But he has put this team in turmoil. He made some very, very poor moves and decisions, and it's gonna bite us in the ass moving forward. Whatever you think, uh-uh. so it's frustrating. It's frustrating, and I hope we can fix it, but I don't know. And next week, I would like to talk more about this and just see where we're at, what what we what we. Can do. do. Do we sign another player? I mean, Reggie Jackson's out there. He's a good point guard. Um, just somebody. I always see. Well, the Celtics have interest. The Celtics. Have, I'm tired of reading the Celtics have interest. You saw what the Brooklyn Nets did. They signed Patty Mills for nothing, basically. They got him for peanuts. We could have had him. He would have been a great point guard on our team, but we didn't. Stay lovey. We'll see what happens (laughs) coming up, but it doesn't look good for the Celtics going into the new season. Next week, I hope to talk a little bit more about the Bruins and the Patriots. Not much going on. The Bruins, I think, are in way better shape than the Celtics are. I know Tuka Rask has to get labrum surgery, and trust me, take it from somebody who's had the labrum surgery. It's no fun. It is six to eight months of recovery. He is a free agent. They'll probably try to bring him back when he's ready to come back. Unless Jeremy Swayman is kicking butt. I mean, that's that's the only thing I can think of. Uh, and Jerry's, Jeremy Swayman really had some nice uh, flashes of brilliance uh, last season. It is tough to see uh, David Krejci retire. I was hoping that he would get him for one more season just because, you know, we did get Taylor Hall to sign long term, Um, but it didn't happen. Didn't happen. And much respect and love goes out to him. He was a great Boston Bruin. Got us a championship in 2011 and went to two others. Uh, he's a good—he's a good hockey player. Uh, tough guy, tough as nails. And I wish him the best in the Czech Republic. Um, but we got this team that we have here. We got Nick Fologino from the Columbus Blue Jackets, who I think is going to be a great pickup. Uh, just. He's a good player. He's a good player. Uh, uh, The other goalie that we picked up from the Buffalo Sabres, Linus Olmark. I I don't know much really about him. I'm not going to lie to you. I know that Buffalo was bad, so he didn't do well. Uh, But I'll give anybody a chance, right? Uh, I just don't know how he's going to do. So we'll have to see. I'll be rooting for him and we'll see what happens. The other guys that we picked up uh, and and, and, you know, look, Uh, just forgive me if I say the names wrong because I'm probably going to say them wrong. Tomas Nosek from Vegas, Eric Haula from Nashville and Derek Forbort, which I don't know too much about. And then they re-signed Mike Riley, which I was really happy they re-signed Mike Riley. He was a good, good Bruin for us, really did well, and I think that with Nick Fologino, um, Craig Smith, Taylor Hall, our top line, we're going to have a pretty good team. I'm, I'm a little suspect on the other pickups because they weren't doing too much. I know Eric Halla, uh, had one good season, but didn't have a great season last year. Uh We'll just have to see I, I think we did well um, but it's it's just I think we did better than the Celtics did as far as free agency goes there's no question about it uh, but we, you know like I said we'll have to wait and see uh, you know I was reading an article it says we were one of the losers. So, and that's probably money-wise. Uh, so, I don't know. They're number one, we, we didn't get a left-shooting defenseman. That's a problem. Uh, and then we look, and, and the, lo- the loss of David Krejci is a problem. So, there's what you got. And we've been wanting a left-handed defenseman for quite some time. We just never get it. And until you know, Sweeney and company figure that out, uh, that's going to be an issue because if you look at the teams that are very successful in hockey, Tampa Bay Lightning, right? Uh, Vegas. I think Vegas is very successful. Uh, The New York Islanders, for instance, they're big, strong, tough, gritty, and they can score. And we just don't really have that for our defensive players. They're not big, they're not tall, they're not strong. There was, a, We have a couple, but give me Eric Hedman any, any day of the week. I'll take that guy, take him any day of the week. Next week, I wanna talk more about the Bruins, see where they're at, see what's going on. And I like to end it with just a simple, you know, this is my first time doing a podcast I'm going to be a little rusty at first, trying to figure things out. But I hope you'll just listen, have fun with it. And um, when I start to build on it, maybe y'all can call in and we can all talk sports. Uh, I'll talk more about the Patriots next week. Training camp has just begun. Looking forward to the preseason. And I'll be watching those games very, very closely and being able to break them down for you. Uh, This is Bobby B's Coastal New. I'm very excited to being able to talk to you about Boston sports. And uh, thanks for listening. Peace.